0: Welcome to this message from City Bible Church in Portland, Oregon. City Bible Church is a vibrant community of people with one common desire to experience God, enjoy people, and celebrate life. Today we begin a new series entitled, No. I want everyone to shout out loud with all your strength the word no. No! This is a series that has an attitude to it. An attitude that I want to apply in a positive way. An attitude that I believe is right in Scripture. There's a time to say no, enough, no more. That's it. We're dealing with what the enemy wants to do in people's lives, and we're going to talk about a number of areas, but the series will deal with some very specific areas. We know there are three enemies. The world, the flesh, and the devil. The devil. The world is a world system, and that world system has in it all kinds of temptations and hooks that try to get your soul bound to something that is wrong. So the world system is built on the world philosophy, and that world philosophy is built on a selfish me attitude that is wrong and an attitude of pleasure that says, please yourself no matter what. You don't have to be accountable to anybody else. It's the world system. So the world system is enough to deal with in itself, especially in the 21st century where we live. In the United States of America, the world system is very strong. The whole marketing system is very strong. The marketing system is set up to make you irritated, frustrated, unfulfilled, always needing more, 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 more. The marketing system brings fear. The marketing system always brings trend. And so there's a whole world system that tries to overcome your life. We also have a world system in thought because the whole Hollywood and all the media and what is presented to us all the time through all kinds of videos and movies and entertainment of every kind, there's a whole philosophy that's kind of shoved over into your lap. And that philosophy would take away from the Word of God. It certainly doesn't add to the Word of God. And that philosophy will try to tear down your marriage. It'll try to tear down your morals. It'll try to ruin your mind. It'll try to make you to compromise. It will try to make you to compare to something that's really bad. And if you're doing pretty good, you think you're doing real good because you're comparing to the wrong thing. So we have a world system. The world system presses into our life to always change us, like Romans 12 says, to transform us into the ways of the world instead of being renewed by our mind and being transformed into the ways of the Word or the Spirit of the living God into God Himself. We can be transformed into the God way or transformed into the world way. And so we have a a decision to make and that decision is pressed by the enemy trying to take advantage of the world system. Then we have our flesh, not the sarks, just the carnal I mean, uh, the flesh hanging on your bones, but we have a carnal nature. We have an Adamic nature, a carnal nature that has, well, the Bible says we have appetites. We have hunger. We have things in our carnal nature that we starve for. And because we're starving for certain things in the carnal nature, we're driven to fulfill those things. The problem with the carnal nature is the appetites of the carnal nature are toward those things that destroy your life. Appetite toward wrong ambition, that's a wrong appetite. Appetite toward pride, that's a wrong appetite. Appetite toward arrogance, that's a wrong appetite. Appetite toward living independently, that's a wrong appetite. And so we have the carnal nature that hooks up with the world and the two of them can become very, very strong to bring it into a place of bondage. Before we know it, our habits and our thinking patterns and our decisions in life are all being formed by the wrong thing. Then we have the devil. The devil is an invisible force, but a very real force. Now in America and other parts of the England and Europe, some of the European countries, our worldview is so poor uh, compared to those in countries that have more of the demonic and more of the evil world in front of them. They understand the evil forces of the invisible. They live their life by the invisible. We don't do that in America. We actually believe that everything going on around us is caused by things we see. It's caused by people we know, it's caused by the job we work at, caused by a decision we made. The feelings I have is because of the rain or because of a cloud or because of an atmosphere or because of the economy and I feel a little depressed and I'm discouraged. And, and, you know, I just have these feelings. That's because I live here and that's because the traffic jam and that's because the gas is so high and that's because... And so you just allow things to happen because of what you see in front of you or around you, what you can taste and smell and touch. And so we live in the world of the five senses. Now the Bible teaches very clearly that we do not live in the world of the five senses. We live in a world that has principalities and powers and evil spiritual forces in high places. The invisible power of the evil one is so very real. Now the devil and all of his little cohorts, all his little helpers, all his demonic powers, all the spirits of infirmity, everything the devil has in his weaponry to work with, he will bring against your life. Now he'll use the world system He'll use your flesh. He'll use any way he can to push into your life and find a place where he can have what? Influence. A place where he can have what? A threshold, a foothold. A place where he can actually exert some control in your life. My series is aimed at you to do one thing, to say no to the devil and to push him back out of your lifestyle, out of your mind, out of your emotions, and to take control of your life under the Word of God and the Holy Spirit, for greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. And when the Spirit of the Lord raises up a standard, the flood will not take over your life and you will be a conqueror. Can I hear an amen? Amen. Everyone shout, no! Empowering the believer to take a stand. That's what the series is about. I want to empower you to take a stand and to say no to any and all things the enemy seeks to do in and around your life. And so this series is aimed at this particular concept, for you to say no of anything and all things that the enemy might try to bring into your life through your mind, through your will, through your emotions, attacking your body, attacking your morals. He has all kinds of ways that He wants to push against your life. Ephesians 4.27 is my key scripture. Ephesians 4.27, the pivotal scripture. If you have your Bible, you might want to turn and circle it. It's a short scripture, and I have different translations for it. Ephesians 4 and verse 27. Ephesians 4.27. And give no opportunity... To the devil. Now, I want you to hear my words. I want you to hear them carefully. I feel this is an anointed word for the church. It's a timely word. It's a seasonal word. It's a word that's birthed out of my burden for the church right now and people. And I believe that we will win together if we will listen to the Word of God. The Word of God simply says, give no opportunity to the devil. Give the enemy no chance. Give him no chance. Now, if you've given opportunity or given the enemy chance, we're going to say no to that this morning. Don't give the enemy any foothold in your life. Don't give the devil a way to defeat you. Now the Bible leans on your personal responsibility in this scripture. It simply says, you have some say in this. It's not all just hell breaking loose in your life. It's not all just the power of the devil that's overcoming you. It's not all just something the demons have put together and just captured you because of it. The Bible's very clear here by saying, you have a part. If you give him opportunity, he will take it. If you give him a chance, he will use it. If you give him a foothold, he'll build something on it. You need to wake up and understand that if you give in to this, he will actually take advantage of every part that you give in to. So the Apostle Paul is saying to them, and there's other scriptures to look at, you have to take a stand and do your part and push back, put out. All the works of the enemy that has come into your marriage, into your home, into your mind, into your will, into your emotions, into your finance, into every area of your life, I want you to discern where the enemy might have pushed in already. And you have become comfortable with Him residing in that area of your life. Not that you're demon-possessed or anything like that. But there's an influence exerted by the carnal or the world or the underpower that exerts influence on your emotions. Your emotions are not lined up to the Word of God, not lined up to the Spirit of God. Your thoughts are not lined up to the Word of God, not lined up to the Spirit of God. Your decisions are not pure-hearted decisions. Your, Your ambitions are not purified by the Word of God. There's something wrong here. And so you need to discern that as you take this Scripture to heart. Now this is what the word "no" means. And this is what we're saying in our spirit. This is a spiritual stance that we're taking. The word "no" is a word that expresses a definite choice. Now you have the ability to make the choice. I'm going to inspire you and help you, but you have to make a choice. A choice, an emphatic choice, made with a sense of, drawing a line. Drawing a line. Now we all know what that means. We use it in our modern vernacular about a lot of things in our life. We draw the line. Well, I draw the line there. Boy, I'm going to draw the line on that thing. You know, that's enough. I'm going to draw the line on him. I'm going to draw the line on my child. I'm going to draw the line on that situation. I've had enough for this far and no more. I'm putting a mark in the sand. We know what that means. And that's what this word means. And the concept refers to as you draw a line in the sand. In your spirit, you draw a line and you say emphatically, no, in no way, absolutely not, by no means. A marker is set. It will not be passed. This will never happen. This will not happen again. He will not come any further. I did open the door a little bit to that wrong relationship and man, he has totally slam dunked me. I'm gonna close the door to that. No way. No more. Emphatically, a choice made. I will not allow that to happen again. You know, I kind of peeked on the, on the, uh, internet. somehow I was doing work and I was at the office and, and this stuff just came up on the internet and it's not supposed to and I just kind of feasted on it for 10 seconds but the next day it was 30 seconds. Two weeks later it's a minute. A month later it's five minutes. Two months later you're kind of looking for things and just making excuses. Well that was accidental. Well I didn't mean to do that but now you're kind of putting yourself in a place where it can be accidental. Where it can actually have influence on your mind and before you know it your thoughts start changing. You're a little bit un easy you're fragmented you don't focus very well other people might say what's wrong with you you seem spaced out you're not thinking right it's because you opened the door to something you allowed that thing to come in and you did not set a mark I'm telling you right now you got to set a mark you got to draw a line and you have to say no to wherever the enemy has pushed in to you in any way you have to say come on let's shout a big no. that's got to be in your spirit He'll never stop. Say no to the devil. Say no to the enemy. This is what I'm saying. Give no room. It's what we're saying by saying no. Give no room. None. Zero. Zip. Nada. No room to the enemy. To occupy a place. And that place that he will occupy is a place of influence. Simply ask yourself, where's the influence coming from? Why in the world would I compromise my home, my marriage, my children, my job, my finance, my moral, my friends, my mind, my body, whatever it might be? Why in the world would I compromise? Is it a God influence? I don't think so. Look where the influence is coming from. No possibility of gaining advantage leaving no open space, no open space in your spirit. Here's our prayer. All right? I'm going to do this prayer with you. And I want to just kind of press it into the Holy Spirit this morning. How, How many of you thus far Would say, the Holy Spirit's already talking to me. Let me see your hands. How many would say, already I'm aware I've given the devil some opportunity. Let me see your hands. It's already coming to your mind. Capture that. Capture that. Okay, here's our prayer. I want you to read it out loud with me. Are you ready? Everyone. Today, in Jesus' name... I take my position of faith and stand my ground. I make my choice to resist the enemy with a definite no to his invasions into my spirit, soul, and body. I draw a line and give him no more opportunity. Now, with your hands free, I'm going to pray and you're going to act. And this is what we're going to do. I want you to take your hand about like this. Are you there? Got your hand? All right. And I just want you to go like this. Okay? What are you doing? Come on, what are you doing? Now, for some of you, it could be... You know, I really hope he gets through to some people that need to, need to, come on, need to, which is saying, who need to, and it's saying, but you know, I'm not there. I don't need that. I've already said, no, I've drawn enough lines. I mean, I got so many lines. I'm an artist. (laughs) Maybe you are. All right? What you could be doing is drawing a line for the future. You don't know what's coming your way. What you could be doing is drawing a line for someone else who's already fudged their line, erased their line, and is being mugged by the underworld. You could draw a line for them. But whatever you do, I would rather rather have you sit down and not participate if you're going to do it with a lukewarmness or a casualness or looking at your watch or yawning on me, I'd rather have you just go to the foyer. Say, boy, what kind of a pastor are you? A good one. A good one. Only the devil would want you to yawn. I'm not talking just because you're tired. I'm talking about a spiritual thing. So if you just yawn, somebody yawn, boy, they're going, whoa, sheesh, hallelujah, hallelujah. I'm in this. I'm not talking about a physical yawn. I'm talking about a spiritual yawn, an attitude. An attitude, I don't care. Or, it doesn't matter that much. Or, Let's get through this. I'm telling you right now, the devil is real. The world is strong. The flesh is strong. It pushes all the time. It takes advantage of people. It finds influence in people's life. It screws them around all the time. It's time for us to say a big no to the devil. Come on, can I hear an amen? It's time to take that stand for every part of life. Not just one part, every part. Okay, are you ready? Okay. I want you to pray out loud. We're going to pray the prayer together one more time. But I want you to pray it as if your life depended on it. Are you ready? All right, let's pray out loud. Today, in Jesus' name, I take my position of faith and stand my ground. I make my choice to resist the enemy to his invasion. I draw a line and give him no more opportunity to take advantage. Now, you you don't have to look at the slide. Let's say, and I draw a line and give him no more opportunity. Okay, I draw a line And give him no more opportunity. All right, let's draw the line. You got your hand there? Here we go. I'm drawing a line for my health. I'm drawing a line for my marriage. I'm drawing a line for my finance. I'm drawing a line for my decision making. I'm drawing a line on the gasoline tank. I'm drawing a line. And saying, God, let faith fill me, not fear, not worry, not doubt, not anxiety. Let me be a a man who lives in faith and and lives by faith. And the Word of God is greater than any word that would come to my mind. It's greater than the news. It's greater than the newspaper. It's greater than the neighbor. I stand on the Word of God. I am a positive person because I stand on the Word of God. This is the day the Lord hath made, and I will rejoice and be glad. I draw a line to my grumbling and my murmuring and... My weird attitude and my mouth and off about things. I'm going to align myself with the Word of God so the demons cannot come and take one thing. Are you ready? Come on, here you go. Everyone say, And I draw a line, given the devil, no opportunity, because I'm drawn a line in my life, for my family, for my business, for my, church, for my church, and for my friends. For my friends. Now, devil, devil. Get, your get your hands off of God's property. Off. And I'm God's property. I'm God's property. In Jesus' name. In Jesus. Let's give the Lord a shout and the clap this morning. Come on. Hallelujah. <laughs> Lord, I believe. I believe You are taking ground. You're taking ground right now today by what you're doing. You're taking ground from the devil. Now here's a piece of art that illustrates what I'm saying. The bird with a frog in its mouth. Now, I want you to take a look at the frog's hands. Now you might feel like that frog, like you're being eaten by the world flesh and the devil, but I want you to get a grip on the enemy's neck even though it looks like you're going the wrong way that frog had some tenacity to be halfway down the throat and his said you won't be able to swallow me I'll choke you to death before you swallow me you'll die eating me Mr. Bird I'm only a frog but I got you by the neck and because your mouth's full you can't say anything so the best thing for you to do is just spit me out because this ain't going to happen I want you to take your hands right now and just go like that Now, who are you doing that to? Everyone say, the world. The, world. the, flesh. the flesh. The devil. The devil. Life. Life. Anything against me. Anything against I put my hands on it. In Jesus name. Jesus' name. Now, that's not a Bible scripture, but that's a great illustration. <laughs> now, this is what you're saying no to. No to fear. Worry, doubt, wrong thinking, anger, defeat. Those are the things we're covering. You're saying no to fear. Number one emotional dysfunctionality in America is fear. Number one, anxiety. Worry is not far behind it. Doubt is right in the same family. Fear Worry, doubt, wrong thinking. Thinking about yourself. Thinking about wrong thinking. Anger. Anger about everything. I don't know about you, but I think people are more angry today than they used to be. The drivers are more angry. People just just kind of drive up behind you and honk their horn. If you go too slow, they come beside you and they start doing all kinds of sign language stuff like you're deaf. And so they, you know, try to get your attention. And then I had a guy the other day drive up behind me, go beside me, go in front of me, slow down, go beside me, come back. And so I finally got so tickled at him that I started clapping for him. Every time he looked at me, I clapped and said, Hey, way to go, you bozo. Way to go. Acting like a complete... Immature idiot over nothing because I didn't put my blinker on or maybe I did do something I don't even know what I did I didn't do anything <laughs> I probably did I'm known but people are just angry in the store you know if 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 the line doesn't go fast enough people start just hey hurry up you know what are you doing hey I mean wow you know anger anger about all kinds of stuff how many of you have had any anger battles in the last 30 days? How many of you had more than just a battle? It was a flat-out civil war. Well what do you do with that? Well I'm going to tell you what you better do with it, and then no defeat. All right? No defeat. Now, take it a no position. Here you go. I'm going to give you a few what I call no. Position stances. If you would, I think it would be great if you would take these down and pray over them all week long. Make this to your devotions. Add to it if you're reading the Bible and going through the Bible or something. Add these scriptures to your devotions this week so we can track together. Ten no position attitudes. Number one, no to his footholds. Ephesians 4.27, we talked about it. A foothold, it's a position, this is interesting, a position usable as a base for further advance. The enemy will come in and get a foothold in something in your life where he can have further advance later on, a hold on the feet from progressing or moving freely. He'll come in and do something to get a foothold so that he can maybe not move in fully at that point. But he can have a base to further advance his influence and activity in your life later on. That foothold can be unresolved conflicts with people. It's a foothold. It's not a full-blown problem yet, but it's a foothold. A foothold could be unconfessed sin, hidden habits. It's not a foothold yet. It's not something blown out of control. It might even seem a little harmless, but it's a foothold. It's a place of influence. Later on, he'll come back. He'll take advantage of it. Thought life. That's unprotected. Open up and just start letting your mind wander and entertain thoughts you would have never entertained before, but you're just kind of letting go a little bit. It's a foothold. Number two, say no to his invasions. No to his invasions. James 4, verse 7 and 8. No to his invasions. 4, 7 and 8 of James. Resist the devil and he'll flee from you. It means he is invading. He's aggressive. He comes after you. You have to withstand and resist the devil or he will take over every area you'll let him in. So James says, submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. But your job is you have to stop the invasion, the uncoming spread of something harmful, something harmful that comes to spoil your life. An invasion is something that comes to rip off what is good and leave you with what is bad. Number three, say no to his weapons. No to his weapons. Isaiah 54 and verse 17. Isaiah 54 and verse 17. No. Everyone say no. No No weapon formed against you shall prosper. It doesn't say the weapon won't be formed. It says no weapon formed. That is, the enemy can form a thing. He can put something together. And that's what it, it speaks of here with no weapon. The plan devised against you the intentions He has for circumstances and things to come into your life that He has devised against you, He intends them to be successful in your life like He did with Job and with Paul and with Peter and with Abraham and all these different Bible characters where He had a plan. He fashioned a weapon, a weapon of a physical attack, a weapon of a discouragement, a weapon of somebody being in opposition to you. He fashioned a disloyal situation or whatever it might be where you could be very resentful or unforgiving. He fashioned the weapon. But the weapon didn't work because no weapon formed against you will prosper because you draw nigh to God. You empty everything out to the Lord Jesus. You let the Holy Spirit cleanse your heart. You walk on the Word of God. The weapons formed against you will not prosper. Say no to His weapon. Number four, say no to His intimidations. His intimidations. Isaiah 59 and verse 19. The enemy comes in like a flood. A flood is overwhelming. It's something that comes in to totally intimidate you by the volume of stuff that goes on in your life. To be limited by a false presence causes a sense of inferiority when the spirit is broken of all courage. So the enemy comes in with a false presence to intimidate you. He, he makes you believe the thing that you really want will never happen. You will never get married. You will never have a business. You will never be ahead financially. You will never find a healing. You will never be that kind of a person you want to be. Don't even apply for that job because you know they won't even talk with you. You don't even apply for the job. You're so intimidated by the image you have in front of you or by your inferiority or being so belittled about yourself. You won't even be in a situation where somebody could actually ask you out on a date. You're the one that drags your feet and dipped your head even when you're around all the people that maybe God could put you together with and I'm not trying to be some kind of a funny guy or just say I'm a Cupid but you know you're around people that maybe you could hook up with in a, in a righteous way and marry them sometime in your life but you're so intimidated and so filled with inferiority that you won't even talk to people. You won't even entertain a relationship because the devil has beat you down. Nobody's going to like you. You're an ugly person. You're an undesirable person or your personality doesn't fit or, you know, it's happened for a long time. It's just not going to happen ever again. And and so the enemy just comes in like a flood to intimidate. Everyone say no. no. To intimidations. Apply for the job throw some makeup on and go after that guy. In a righteous way. But you look good, you look up, and you say to yourself, I am the best choice in this entire congregation. They're missing out. There's something about that that makes you wonder if you are. But intimidation... Whether it's the job, you go to apply for a job and you say to him, oh, I've never done this before, I'm not too good at it. And really, uh, I, get, I, I lose it under pressure. And, and, you know, I haven't been trading that computer thing and I don't know about this. But I think maybe I can give the job a go and he'll just say, goodbye. You have to come in and say, I'm the best things ever happened for your company. <laughs> oh, is that right? That's right. Everywhere I work, things happen. Companies increase. People love me. Something happens on the job. I'm the best thing for this company. I'm not sure I will choose your company, but I'm the best thing for this company. And I'll tell you right now, wherever I go, unity happens. I build up the boss. I can bring reconciliation to conflict. I'm a great person to have around. Now, what was the job description? That person's going to have to step back and say, maybe either this person is mentally off or maybe they're really like this. Intimidations will cause you to say the wrong thing. Number five, no to his snares. No to his snares. Second Timothy 2 and verse 26, that they may come to their senses and escape the snare, the snare of the devil. A trap. The devil sets some traps for all of us, but you can escape them. There's a trap for the wise, a trap for the rich, a trap for the poor, a trap for the married man, a trap for the married woman, a trap for the single man, a trap for the single woman. There's a trap for everybody. But the Bible says you can escape those traps. Number six, no to his devouring. 1 Peter 5, 8, 9, be vigilant, cautious, for your enemy the devil goes around like a roaring lion, what? seeking to devour, prey upon you. Demolish, destroy anything that's good in your life. That's what He seeks to do. He seeks to prey on you. He finds a way. He goes to, uh, to work on you. He does His homework on your life. He studies you out. He studies you out. He knows what you're like in the morning. He knows what you're like when you go to bed. He knows what you're like when you watch certain programs. He takes notes on you. He has a little demonic crew that do nothing but just go around and take notes on your lifestyle. And they strategize about where the weakness might be. You know, there's an open window here. I've watched him. There's an open window right here in his life. I've watched this pattern. And you know, this girl right here, there's a pattern to her. She lies every time when she gets in this situation. We should just build a greater wedge in her life to lie more. Because the more she lies, the more she's losing contact with herself and other people. We can go to work on this area of their life. And the enemy strategizes on how to get a foothold through that weakness in your life. Number seven. No to his taking advantage. 2 Corinthians 2.11. Lest Satan should take advantage, exploit you, outsmart you. 2 Corinthians 2.11. Number eight, say no to his snatching away of the God's seed. Matthew chapter 13, verse 19, it says. When the seed is sown into your life, the wicked one comes and he snatches away the seed. Matthew 13, 19. He snatches away the seed. The seed can be a dream seed, a word seed, a rhema seed, a seed for your health, a seed for your finance, a seed for your future, a Word of God seed for your deliverance, a way to think about your life. He'll just come in and snatch it away. Why? Because your hands are open. You come to a service like this and you listen to the Word of God. You get inspired, you take notes, you go through it, and you say, wow, this is for me. But by the time you hit the doors going out the sanctuary, if your hands are open and you don't respect the seed, you don't value what God has said to you that day, you don't close your hand and put it, that's what one translation says is close your hand. Take it in. Don't walk out with a seed like this and let the enemy just pluck it up. Close your hand. Take it to heart and say, that's my seed. The enemy is not having it. No to him snatching the seed. Number nine, no to condemnation. His belittling, accusing, unnecessary guilt, discouragement, shame, no to condemnation. One of his best used weapons is this one right here. Number 10, am I going too fast? I told the devil to get behind me and he got behind me now he's pushing me. Get thee behind me, devil. Make me slow down. All right, number 10. No to spiritual parasites. Parasites attach themselves to your spiritual, emotional, mental life and begin to drain you. Extended periods of time, they just drain little by little. Parasites, there can be a number of different kinds of parasites. But they drain your strength, your virtue, it's like a person who has a parasite in their system. Uh, a person sometimes that leaves one country, goes to another country, doesn't understand the food. A parasite gets into their system, and they don't understand it, but they just lose all strength. They're exhausted all the time. Nothing has changed. They still eat, they still sleep, but they're tired all the time to go to the doctor. And they say, You know, I've checked everything, but I don't know what's wrong with me. And the doctor says, I've had this happen to me. I know Ken's had it happen to him, and different people that travel the world it happened. The doctor would say, you got a parasite from Brazil. you got a parasite from Jamaica. you got a, you got a parasite from... How did that happen? Well, what do I do? Well, we're going to have to do this, this, and this. We're going to kill the parasite because that parasite is draining you of all strength and energy and changing the way you live. What are some parasites? Insecurity. Double-mindedness. Unconfessed sin. Shameful mistakes. Draining people. People that drain you and never give back. Spiritual exhaustion. It's just as real, even though you're working for God. If you drain yourself and spin your body, your mind, your emotions, and you're totally on empty and you're spiritually exhausted, the enemy will latch onto that. He'll begin to give you vain imaginations. He'll make you think people are against you. He won't allow you to think right about things. He'll do things to you that should never have happened, but because you're so tired. It's like as a parent, sometimes you get so tired with life, and you know the kids cross the line, but you're so tired, you don't want to even have to discipline them or fight with them or do anything. So you just kind of say, Whatever. But you know that's not the way to do it. You know you should get up and go with them to the movie or you should go online and find out where they're going or you should call the mother and say, what exactly is happening at this house? But because you get tired, you let down a little bit. Then the enemy comes in and takes advantage of your negligence and your tiredness. I vote that we say no. Anybody else vote?